This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 423, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
Week podcast, episode 423, a number that has no funny connotations as far as I understand. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Paul Montgomery. What's up? Yeah. yeah. We are iFanboy, and we're going to get a little more quote-unquote urban. We like comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics, and one of them picks the best book that we – we all live in major cities. I guess we are urban to begin with, but not in that. Whoa, whoa. All right. Two of us live in major cities. I'm sorry. I used to. I've lived in major cities. <laughs> you live in the I woods, man. I couldn't take it. I couldn't the- hack it. Just yesterday, like three, four blocks around the corner from my house, three people were executed, <laughs> shot in the head, <laughs> their house ransacked. You're really painting a great selling point for the for the urban experience. I'm not trying to sell my house at the moment, so it's all right. <laughs> oh my it's god! Okay. Where was I? Uh, we talk about the books on the uh, the con. We talk about the best book they read that week. That's the pick of the week. We talk about the other books, and this week we'll be talking about you and your relationship. But that's later after we get to the books. We have uh, plenty of good books to talk about, and if you don't know, we'll be talking about what happens in those books. So there will be a spoilers. Do not listen. If you don't want to be a spoiled. Listen, the okay. Latin market is growing. This is how I read Ferdinand the Bull to my son, uh, which is a book that takes place in Madrid. And he goes, will you please read it in the funny voice? And I was like, that's all I know how to do, dude. Oh, you're not teaching him to do funny voices. voices. He's not, he doesn't have them yet. This oh, no, I, I used this is to not going to be eggs. a legacy thing. I used to do green eggs and ham and everything I could possibly. My favorite was to read uh, in... Um, it was like Ian McKellen is Gandalf and yeah. like New York City garbage man guy. Those were the two in that one. <laughs> I do not like them. That was fun. I want to do it right now. Connor, you had the pick. I'm not going to say I was surprised, but I because it was very good. I just I was like, oh, good. He liked it too. That's awesome. Well, this was a week that I haven't had in a while, in which there were probably six books I could have made the case for picking. Ooh, not last week. I kept reading books going, damn, that was awesome. That's probably the pick. And then another one going, oh, man, that's awesome. I'm, that, that was the, probably the pick. And then I, I, you know, I finished up. And it was one of those weeks where I didn't have one immediately when I finished my stack of books, my, my digital stack of books. I sort of sat there. I actually reread one of the books again, you know, still had no clear answer. And I just sort of thought about if I was to have to write a pick of the week review and immediately one book sort of bubbled up to the top. You guys know how that works. She-Hulk number one from Charles Soule, Javier Polito. Munsta Vincente and Clayton Hallis. I probably said two, at least two of those names wrong. And this is the, uh, the new series from Marvel Comics. And I actually wasn't even going to check this out originally. I like She-Hulk, but not like an instant buy character. But Charles Soule, probably the best new comic writer in the last few years. And everything I've read of his lately especially I've really enjoyed. So once I saw he was the writer, knowing also that Charles Soule in his, in his daytime life when he's not writing 10 books is a lawyer – and that She-Hulk is a lawyer, I thought, well, I should definitely check it out because he's going to bring a level of verisimilitude to this story, which he did. Because basically, this, isn't a, this entire issue is a lawyer story. There's really not much in the way of superheroing. And I hope that tone sort of stays or that theme because it's a lot of fun to see super-powered lawyering he's in this David weird He's the David E. Kelly He is the comics. David E. Kelly of comics. He should keep that going. It's very lucrative for David E. Kelly. But in this, in this issue, She-Hulk... And the story opens and she's at her law firm waiting for her hefty lawyer bonus. And How many people you think get a David E. Kelly reference at this point? <laughs> okay. is that, is it's that been a just, lot of long time since Picket Fences. Is that Wonder just Woman if guy. you went to, to media school in he the 90s? He just called him the Wonder Woman guy. And that's yeah, all we the Wonder Woman guy, you know. Yeah, he is the Wonder Woman guy. I didn't even mean it that way. <laughs> and so this issue opens with She-Hulk finding herself newly unemployed after quitting her 
lawyer job who only hired her so she, to get access to the Avengers. And they didn't get any Avengers law work this year, so they, they didn't give her her bonus. She quit and ends up embroiled in a case that involves Tony Stark, a woman's supervillain husband, claimed to have his tech stolen by one company that Stark Enterprises ended up uh, acquiring for their technology. This is all very exciting when you say it, but it actually was a really fun read. And uh, she ends up in a case against Stark Industries or whatever it's called now. And uh, I, I loved the scene where she meets the Stark Industries lawyer. It was very it's sort of Brazil and uh, Kafka-esque. Yeah. You know, the, uh, I loved the super long hallway that was canted and yeah. with, with the lights. And you had to walk all the way down to get to this guy at his desk. And um, the case where they bury them in paperwork. I mean, it was very heavy on lawyerly details that I imagine are very true. But not uh, – Not overly. It was just fun. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't incomprehensible. It no, was, not at it all. It was just the right amount, I think. Yeah. I mean, it all hinges on this case. She finds the evidence. The evidence proves that her this woman's husband did invent repulsor technology. And then, uh, you know, she gets Tony Stark to write a big check to this woman. And then uses her cut of it to start her own practice. And so I just I loved it. I love the Javier Polito art. I'm a big, big fan of his art and his that style of art. It's very similar to the Marcos Martín, Paulo Rivera style. Yeah. And well, uh, I mean that, that's the thing is I don't think that I don't think this works nearly as well without that. And that was really the thing that would have put me over the top. You know, if I wasn't already a fan of Soul, was Javier Polito. Yeah. I don't remember when I saw him last. I'm thinking of the Shade and I was some. Did you use some Daredevil? Or well, it's in that Martin? style. So that was, yeah. that was Rivera and that was Martín. It would have fit there. I don't know if he did or not. I, one of the things, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that is really tough, I think, to do in comics. Mm-hmm. In that there's a lot of talking and there's a lot of stuff. And if you kind of, I'm going through these pages and I'm looking at, the layouts are really fun because there's a lot of repetition of images. Yeah. That create this sort of effect. Um, I really like the, the page after she cracks the table in half and she goes to the bar. Yeah. And she orders the drink and you just see her, uh, well, her boobs basically, but it's not like that. Um, go across, like diagonally across as, as we go down the panels. And then there's sort of one word balloon at the end. But also, the, there's a story going on. Back, yeah, yeah, there is. Which I didn't... I, I just got, saw that now as you said that. I was like, oh, look, there's... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the focus wasn't so much her chest. It was the fact that the client is in the background trying to drum up a lawyer to represent her and they're all rejecting her and laughing at her. And so we see that in the background happening as, as uh, She-Hulk is getting a drink at the bar. Was a, I thought this was, this was a, altogether just a great bit of comic book storytelling. Great story, felt authentic from, from a writer who is a lawyer, but not in a way that was mired in jargon. And, and just, I guess the, the culture of, of, mm-hmm. of attorneys, I yes. suppose. The bar and the sort of the way that they talk to each other. The and bonus meeting. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's all conversations. And, you know, it was, a, it was actually a really wordy comic. All right, I mean, if you look at that, that double-page spread with, uh, with legal, yeah. I mean, those are some... Walking Dead esque word balloons. Yeah, but it doesn't didn't feel like it. No, um, and in like the last page with with Tony, and you know the whole time she's like, yeah, I know him. I'll just talk to him. But you know the the reasons that she couldn't get to him. And uh, the thing is, it's funny. I think it, being very wordy works in this kind of story because that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Is that the legal system is so crazy, and that's well, it's the culture of it's sort of the fine print, and you're sort of yeah. overwhelmed by the legalese, but it's it, it's not so daunting and. It just it just comes across as authentic. Here's um, the thing about comic book storytelling. I think it tends to be if something is wordy and it doesn't work for me, it's because there's a lot of uh, exposition, right? And if this didn't feel like exposition, no, because it so, was it was like do you remember we used to have that awesome legal page and I fanboy it was yeah. like that. <laughs> you know, it's funny legalese. Yeah, and 
It's probably still there. Yeah, it's got to be still there. So it worked. And I thought the art, the art was great. I love that there's this subsection of artists who won't draw Tony with the goatee. Continue to <laughs> draw him with the mustache. Yeah. I love that. And uh, it just felt, it, it was very exciting. I love the colors. You know, I think that. Yeah. Didn't, did Polito color it himself? No, it's. The, oh, uh, it's uh, the name. No, but, the name I butchered. You also said cowless, which I think I think it's just cows. I took a leap of faith on that one. Yeah, Munza. I've never heard the name Munza. That's Munza. a new name. Munza Vicente. Yeah, great colors. Very pop arty. I liked it. I liked it a lot. This is really fun. I mean, she looks a great character. It's an interesting character. She's got a long history. You know, she had a very the famous solo not. solo book by John Byrne that was very popular in the nineties. 80s, 90s, but it was also very fourth wall breaking, which this doesn't appear to be. She had the dance lot series, people people liked a lot, and then you know this one. She's a great character because you can do a lot with her. Yeah, I do like the idea that she's just this giant green skinned Amazonian woman who works at a law firm, and no one seems to. I like the I, I do I like the juxtaposition of that thing. Like she's she is a giant head, you know strong superhero. Yeah, and I there's mean, really there's only two instances where that's sort of important where she breaks the table. And then when she takes on the automatons and, and Stark Industries in the lobby and then goes up and confronts Tony and her, you know, clothes are all threadbare and everything. And, and it's, it's all the fighting takes out. place. Yeah, all the fighting, though, takes place off panel. Off panel. Exactly. Yeah. So you just have that that constant reminder that she's green. And then mm-hmm. it's just this this nice little clue, this nice little reminder. Look at the the lettering on the on the, the page. She cracks her knuckles. Mm-hmm. And then the first panel is the ding, mm-hmm. and they 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 made it look like the eye is like the upside down exclamation point. How it would be in Spanish? Yeah, it's just a just a nice little bit of design they threw in there. But it's also a really it's a really cool cinematic comedy beat that's thrown into a comic book page. Ding open. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's you could you could see it cinematically. And actually, in an era where Marvel is doing a lot of live action work on TV and film, this is actually a really great concept for a tv series because you're as you said the action is mostly off screen mm-hmm. it's mostly about superhero lawyer which is a funny premise they should get that ally mcbeal guy to do it <sighs> son of a bitch so. uh so the other book that almost was the pick <laughs> that i that i read a few times and it was actually it came down to a mental coin flip was batman 28 this is not the next issue of zero year it's it is a, not it's a secret just, glimpse into batman eternal we discussed this, I think, with 27 as well, that the main problem I have with the series isn't the story at all. It's the fact that they keep dropping in these extra stories to a story that's already long, making it feel much longer than it actually is. But putting that aside, I really liked the idea. So this was, as Josh or Paul, one of you said, I wasn't really paying attention. That was me, uh, That this was a, a, a sort of flash forward to the next big Batman story, Batman Eternal, where we're in the future a little bit, not too far it's soon, and I believe. It's soon. We're going to see it. And it's, you know, Gotham has all gone to hell and something's gone wrong. And now Catwoman is in charge of all the crime and she hates Batman. But what I liked about it was that it made you work for it. You had no idea what was going on. You were expecting the Riddler and, and you were expecting early Batman and you weren't getting that. And and then it was, well, what's happening? Why are these things going on? And, and I liked that sense of anticipation because now I'm actually curious about all these things. What's happening and why does Batman have a new sidekick in Harper Row who calls herself Bluebird? The big reveal at the end is that Stephanie Brown is the spoiler is there. She's apparently key to the whole thing. Spoiler alert. And I, I, liked, the <laughs> <art>. <laughs> I liked the art a lot. I just really enjoyed it as a glimpse into what's coming. Now, I can I, see how it would be really annoying for absolutely. I think strategically it was very odd. Yes. Especially, I mean, only, I mean, we had, you know, we had talked about how 
well, this zero year thing's been going on a long time. And it got interrupted, and, and to interrupt it again, and see, like, here's what's coming up next. Like, I don't want to see what's coming up next right. yet, and I think that that sort of makes it hard. It's to a, it's it. jarring, but I, I I do kind of agree that it's that that kind of works to its favor. I mean, it it's it works against it in some ways, but it also works to its favor in that in the beginning we're sort of we, we don't know as much as Harper does about the status quo, but she is in a situation where she doesn't know exactly what to expect. She's trying to infiltrate the last nightclub still open in Gotham and to meet this kingpin and she does and even when she meets this heavily scarred you know heavy she's like is this the kingpin I don't really know and then you find out later that it's Selena who is basically saying that I'm not going to wear the mask anymore this is sort of the new I'm not going to play the games anymore this yeah. is the new incarnation of, of Catwoman and she's not as playful but what's while saying that I thought there was a really playful issue and mm-hmm. it's a and it's a very different tone uh, for Scott Snyder and it, this is co-written by James Tinian the Fourth, and I don't know right. what the breakdown in that collaboration He's, was. I like Harper uh, a lot. I like I like that she we're finally to that point where like you know what is she going to be? Is she going to be the new Robin? Is she going to be something? Is she going to be a Batgirl? Is she going to be something else? And she's her own thing in this Bluebird thing, and it's sort of a way I think of of Snyder and company being that they're doing the best stuff and almost solely the best stuff at DC Comics right now. They're sort of taking it on and coming up with their own new mythology um i mean they've been playing around in the zero year stuff for a while but now it's moving forward let's use spoiler let's introduce this bluebird character and honestly to me even with dustin Nguyen coming back and i i've missed you know him doing outside of lil gotham he's great yeah it's really good and it puts me in mind even though it's stylistically different it puts me in mind of like batman the animated series and i think tonally the script approaches that as well yeah i love the sequence where you know she shuts the lights off she has a little clicker lights go dead and, you know black panel pop up batman is standing a bit you know amongst all the knocked out goons it was just a great yeah, sequence and sequence it was a really I, fun ish- issue i, I dug this say. i dug yeah. her as one of the you know superhero sidekicks they've been i guess you know teasing at that for a while it's nice to see it i think it's the same thing like right now there's like a robin problem yeah in that dick grayson's not robin and Tim's you know, not robin. damien's I, like this is the kind of partner it's fun to watch batman with yeah and i don't need her to be robin but if it's just the two of them doing stuff together and he seems the way that they wrote him is not that same grim Batman that we've seen, like like we saw in the recent. I think it was the Batman and Robin issue you, you told me to read. Oh um, God, the, yeah, the flashback. I mean, he's not with, going with, to to Frankenstein and trying to figure out how to resuscitate <laughs> Damien, and it's just yeah, no, but no, not even that. I mean, the the one where like he's just being a dick to Dick, oh, yeah. yeah, and he's not you know like he's like nope, you're off, you're done. He's not letting them learn like. There's a give and take. There was a thing where I thought Batman hated guns. I do, but she doesn't. That's a big sea change right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an important kind of thing. And it also felt wasn't like, really a gun, though. It was a fucking. No, but it, all, it felt like um, one of the really fun things about like Dark Knight Returns was that that Batman had a different um, yeah, he had attitude. A, he had a kind about of glint, glint in his eye. Yes. That story, and which he that had was in this. And I liked that a lot. I think that's really cool. To be honest, I would be cool if this was the like if we're like I don't I don't I've kind of lost track of where I am with Year Zero to a certain extent. So right. this is cool. I'm I'm totally down with this. Well, but you can I, jump over to this. This is the new series, yeah. Batman Eternal. So yeah, you can start it's reading that story. That, that said, I love that said single the, page panel. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. With Harper hanging by her like foot, yes. yeah. boot thing. What a great great page that is and just a cool bit of superhero-y tech. I was really impressed. And it sort of tells you everything you need to know about that character. She's into the gadgets and stuff and, and <laughs> you know, and it's a, it's the high-flying, almost acrobatic kind of character. And and I miss that. 
I, I do. So uh, that being said, so I'm excited now for this, you know, Batman Eternal thing. But I'm also, I think we're actually at the good point that the really exciting point year. of Zero Year that I'm yeah, really exactly. looking That's forward to. That's why I was shocked yeah. with anything to read this. Yeah. Now that this uh, stuff leading up to it hasn't been interesting, but this is the stuff that I've been dying for since that first yeah. issue where we get to see Batman on a horse. And I don't know why How that's exciting, but it that? always is. It was like seven issues ago. And those are like full-on real monthly. So it's yeah. been going on for the better part of a year. Right. It's supposed to be 11 parts, and then we've had two of these non-story issues. We had the Fear – I keep wanting to say Fear Itself. Is that what it's called? Fear Itself? No, that's Marvel. Forever the, Evil. Forever Evil tie-in issue with the Riddler in the present, and then we had this issue. So it's going to yeah. end up being 13 months total, which is a year plus. And I'm told I did some question asking that there'll be no more – fill-in issues or special issues for the remainder of the story but we'll see if that actually Good. Happens. so I, I thought it was great fun super fun looking i'm actually really looking forward to batman eternal now which i wasn't before but i would have liked to see the next chapter of riddler so the other morning i said i'm gonna try this new series from vertigo which doesn't sound like something that i would say <laughs> very so well. you're so out of a limb for you but at the same time lately um <laughs> it's kind of a kind of a big deal the book is called the royals masters of war First issue came out by Rob Williams and Simon Colby, well-known British creators. I'm just going to – this I, This felt like here, – okay, here's the pitch. Alternate World War II, all of the European royals have superpowers. Oh, it's just all the royals. They're the back matter. They're going to end up with – you know, the Japanese emperor has powers. And, yeah. yeah, and so like – and if you look, you know, like, like if you know anything about European history, then you'll know that most of the, most of the European royals uh, were related to each other one way or another, not just among their own families but across, you know, Spain and Germany and, and – and, um, France. Yeah, I mean, they're basically all victorious. He leaves out a really good pitch in that, in that letter in the, back, in, the, in the back of the I book. Did, I mean – it was so obvious when reading, like finishing oh, yeah. the first issue, I was like, that's brilliant. This yes. was totally up my alley, and it felt like how comics felt in like 2000, and, and like, yes. the, like the Warren Ellis. Interesting uh, and exciting. And, and yeah. This felt like a, I, I can't believe this wasn't a Warren Ellis book. And yeah. I think that in the best way. I, I, I liked it. Paul just mentioned it in the back. He explained, you know, the idea that in the, in the real world, the idea is that the royal blood imbues you with some sort of uh, higher, you know, status. Superiority. So in, the, in in this, he's taken to the to the, full, the extreme that the royal blood is actually imbues you with powers, and that's why the the royals have been inbreeding is to keep the bloodline pure because the more pure the the blood, the stronger your powers are. It's a really elegant premise because also idea. they they have this idea that there's this sort of pact, um, this contract between all of the different royal powers that that's the families who have the powers will not step in because. Because warfare is is for the commoners, it's it's for the people on the ground, the peasants, and everything. And we're not going to get involved. We're going to keep the the playing field just for just for those, you know, grunts. And you have this great moment, sort of mirroring, you know, the Superman the movie moment where where Clark and Lois go flying, and how magical that is. Mm-hmm. Here, it's it's Henry taking this woman through the through the night sky, and she's like, oh, it's just His like sister. Right. Yeah. It's, I'm sorry. It's just like, yeah, it's just like Peter Pan and they get on the ground and the, the whole color scheme changes and it's all orange because it's, it's this bombed out city street and children crying and, you know, all of this devastation. And he's like, no, it's not. It's not like Peter Pan at all. And it's just his, you know, opening his eyes. He's the silver spoon opening his eyes to the realities of war. And I've got to do something. These are my people. I've got. And, and so you have that opening scene where he's part of the, the RAF, basically, and he's jumping out of planes with no parachute because he can fly because he's a superhero. He's basically got Superman's powers. Yeah. 
It's interesting also that like the royals themselves are not the actual royals from World War II. It's like a yeah. strange amalgamation of uh, Albert from eight, the 1800s and his sons. Yeah. Makes me wonder if they are really, really, really old because I think the back matter said that the Emperor of Japan is immortal. I loved it. I mean, the only the only thing is like another. I think we need a five year moratorium on twins having a weird sexual relationship or rom- romantic relationship. But other than that, well, hold on. Let's hear him out. And <laughs> <laughs> fi- just in fiction in general. But look at how he draws these planes. I mean, this was a great story, but for me, the the a, the a story for this is that Simon Colby is fantastic. As the art is wonderful in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's that it's exactly the right kind of art that it needed for this. It's like. It's like a touch of Brian Hitch yeah. in there, and but more dynamic and less. Yeah, less. A little, I mean, it's almost like he's an amalgam. Uh, he's doing a bunch of stuff that I see in a lot of British comic artists from the, the last decade, not yeah. current ones, but like that Chris Weston, Brian Hitch. Uh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's 2000 AD artists, I, and I, I think that's where they come from. It's really really good. There's a great one page shot of him flying through the air with all the planes behind him. Yeah, all the Spitfires. Yeah, oh, just gorgeous. This is a six-issue miniseries, so if it sounds... Is, I'm, I'm, I'm bursting. I was like, this is a fantastic book. If this sounds fun to you, then yeah, I would say check it out. Yeah. It's really, really good. Josh, you mentioned Warren Ellis. I just imagine him looking at this and his eyes lighting up, you know, looking at the Simon Colby it, art. Yeah. Like, it looks I gotta a lot use like, this guy. I gotta, <laughs> it looks I a lot like, uh, if you remember Ministry of Space a long time ago, which was a book that really didn't quite deliver on the promise of the premise as much as it did but it's a really good looking yeah. i think it was three issues or something like that so it's a little it's it reminds me of that a little bit but back in time another great first issue this week the mercenary c from image comics and it's high pulp adventure and this is thematically similar uh right as world war ii is about to break out 1938 it's so in it's, the middle of the the um japanese uh i don't know what that war is called the chinese japanese war yeah so it's it's a united colors of benetton crew of adventurers in a submarine it's on solo there's the white alpha male from boston there's the black guy looks like carl weathers there's the uh german u-boat captain there's the british phillies cap there's the old british doctor there's the american indian with war paint there's an asian guy there's a french guy and a beret i mean it's very consciously pulpy i mean there's even a direct lift of dialogue from casablanca it's very much that kind of you know guys who are, are women who are no longer Fit in their homelands out in the world, having adventures and making money. And, you know, there's a, there's a quote unquote savage tribe who they go to, they run into. You think it's going to be one thing, but it actually, yeah, they play, thing. they play to these expectations. And then suddenly they're, they're, you know, uh, firing up some popcorn and, and watching, watching a, duck soup, watching duck soup. Yeah. yeah. That is Nick Fury, right? Who shows up. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's not. The spy with the the great temples and the and the, the iPads, iPads yeah. Great. Again, uh, I mean, I think we mentioned this on all of the things that we've talked about so far, but you know, it's almost the this doesn't work without really wonderful and interesting art uh, yes. from Matthew Reynolds. It's it's like this. It's hard to describe. It's, it's, it's like it's uh, I've I've animation. seen it. I've seen it described. Yeah, like sort of like Archer on FX. Like it's sort mm-hmm. of that that film cell kind of look. It reminds me also like the older like Adult Swim kind of stuff that would be on Cartoon yeah. Network at night. And that's a plus, and it's also, it, it can also be a minus in that the characters feel a little static sometimes. I it can feels, see that. It feels you know, a little bit stiff because you are looking at sort of character models that are being moved along. It's very much, you can see a foreground layer and a background layer that's it's often sort of like, you know, uh, like a gauze kind of effect over it. I think but stylistically, I think it worked very yeah, well. Oh, no, it, it, it absolutely yeah. does. Um, and, and tonally, I guess. 
Yeah. Great colors too. Um, really yep. atmospheric stuff. I loved like the, the opening and like in a blue and green kind of look and like it really works for those shadowy scenes, especially when uh, we've got the, the lead guy talking to basically race Bannon in a captain's hat. <laughs> any, any book that has like an older guy with white hair who's also a tough guy and he's got a captain's hat and a black turtleneck. It's a great, mm-hmm. it's a great book. That's, I mean, that's, that's right out I of mean, like Temple of Doom. Yeah. Not Temple of Doom, Raiders, excuse me. The ICC McQueen. <laughs> oh, sure. It's really fun. And it's yeah. another example of another interesting book from Image, unlike all the other books they're publishing. And I really hope there isn't some superpower reveal in the third issue. And this is just a ragtag bunch of mercenaries who somehow have a submarine that they use to sail around the South China Sea and take on they jobs. A, they have a submarine. They do. <laughs> I don't know how they that, have this. But. The cover is fantastic. Yeah, the yeah. Really cool. I'm and looking at it right I, now. Like, I hadn't even looked at. The, I hadn't really looked at it, but like the the sea is is sort of canted off to the side, and then like under the surface, there's there's a lot of silhouette in this book, and it was it was reflected on the cover too. And I, I hadn't even noticed like the the logo has the submarine in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all kind of kitschy and uh, and throwbacky. There's these and then like under the surface of the water, there's the, the the land or not the landmines, but I guess the sea mines, and then the sharks or whales or whatever in it. Yeah, what a great like the cover. I'm I've. I've been looking at the cover for two minutes. It's one of the like better covers I've seen. Yeah. I love the, the angle of the sea as it's rolling. It's really wonderful. It is. And I love that it just throws you right in. And because these characters are so you've seen them in other places. And, you know, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really familiar. Up. You don't need the backstory. You don't need the backstory, even though they give you kind of the backstory. But you're like, aha, yeah, exactly. The guy, you know, he, he that re- was, you know, the guy, ref- the Carl Weathers guy refused to throw a fight. He was a boxer. And it was, who was it? John Jackson. Yeah. Something like that. It's John Jackson. Smokestack Jackson and yeah. uh, Stack is got a awesome, Royal Army surgeon uh, killed a patient while drunk, stripped of rank and medical license. And he knows that his name Doc is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you guys start calling me Smokestack? No, I think that's racist. All right, fine. <laughs> so that was a, that was you a, take that soup, baby. You throw it in a pot. Mm. <laughs> There's one page where he looked exactly like Carl Weathers. Yes, there was. I saw that. And I can't take Carl Weathers seriously anymore, so that makes it harder. Because of Arrested Development. You can purchase your wares from Amazon by going to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. And if you do that, a a portion of your purchase price uh, will be diverted to our uh, ill deeds. Coffers. Is what will happen. Um, yes, the coffers. Uh, the deep, dark, cavernous coffers. I'm going to look and see. Cavernous. I'm going to see if yeah. they have a submarine that you can buy on Amazon. Ooh, if you have a submarine, then you know what the next logical step is. We all get ourselves cool nicknames, and we adventure. all get in that submarine, and we all have adventures. That's yep. Right. Buy adventures. us a submarine. So I'm seeing wind-up submarines. I'm seeing... It doesn't cost you a cent. It's just an easy way if you're going to buy stuff anyway. Do it that way. So ifanbo.com slash Amazon. Just just keep that link uh, bookmarked, and you never have to think about it again. And we thank those of you that do. You can also contribute more directly with cold, hard cash, which can be used to procure the services of, of uh, nefarious seafarers. Or just us. You could go to ifanbo.com slash registration. You can contribute directly uh, $3 a month or $30 a year. Uh, and that keeps the podcast going. And it keeps us in, keeps you in our, our good graces, basically. Because if we do become seafaring mercenaries, <laughs> who knows how badly that could go. So this is really. <laughs> it's going to go epically badly, but it's going to be Oh, fun. yeah. Yeah. And it, we, we don't, I mean, going to die in the first day. Listen, none of us is George Clooney, so it's it, that's a problem right away. So Star Wars 14, this is part two of two of Five Days of the Sith, the, the story about the young Imperial officer who has to ferry Vader around while he has his little secret mission. And 
I'm of two minds of this particular arc. Uh, I, I really liked the idea of what this kind of thing would do to this Imperial officer. And I liked the ending where she's basically scarred for life by it and is seeing Vader in the mirror and, you know, is ends up on the floor of the bathroom shaking because of what she went through. I like that part a lot. I don't know how much I want to see inside the psyche of Darth Vader and have you know his uh, bad dreams about killing Obi-Wan and stuff like that. I didn't like that. Yeah. I liked everything but that. What I really liked was the fact that all of the like he he's trying to go outside of channels mm-hmm. and he's got just like in in uh, episode four he he represents a strange position in the empire yeah, he's not really part of the hierarchy yeah and and he's 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 not on the org chart he's allowed to work you know to do what he wants but at the same time like you know Grand Moff Tarkin was the guy telling him what to do right you know release him. And he, he just occupies that strange space, and I really like that. I like how that works. And also, you know, the, the Sith, I don't like saying that because it's, pre, it's a prequel term, are all about, you know, backstabbing a competition. No, the Sith wasn't the Sith. Uh, the Sith is a, that was like. Yeah, yeah but, but the sort of the way that it works. I mean, it was sort of in Return of the Jedi. Anyway, the whole sort of foundation of, of the Sith, and I guess the Empire, is, is sort of based on backstabbing a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. And there was a bit of that there where you see that Vader's authority is not absolute. I, I think that's really cool. That's a good sort of theme. Now, I didn't read this one. You mentioned a bathroom. I don't mm-hmm. remember ever seeing a bathroom in the original trilogy or the prequels. What do bathrooms – and is this on a Star Destroyer or is this on – It was It was neither faster nor more intense, so it was cut. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was, it was a really fun two-part story. Yeah, yeah. Got, got, her, got her across. You know, she's just, she's just a worker. She's, she's got a job to do. Yeah. Not her fault. She joined the military. What are you going to do? You got to do what your quasi-weirdo, black-clad boss says. <sighs> Thor, God of Thunder 19 is the return of Isad Ribic in the new storyline in which Thor goes environmentalist. I don't know who signed me up for this hippie tree-hugging crap. <laughs> but uh, Thor's pissed that the people of Earth are destroying it. And to start, I, I liked this issue a lot. I thought there were two moments uh, where I had problems with the storytelling, which was surprising because Isad Ribic is so good. The first one was... So the main story is that the Roxon Corporation is really super evil and they are actively melting the polar ice caps while also importing ice from space ice. Space Jupiter. ice to self to the people you know who need the ice, who need the fresh water and Thor shows up and with apparently a giant mountain from Jotunheim, is Jotunheim, that the one? Yeah. Yep. My problem was I, you couldn't tell it was a giant mountain. At first, it just, did not appear to be a giant mountain. It just looked like he had like a little boulder. And I was like, well that how's that going to help? Let's say a but little then, boulder. From the two panels, you see it. You don't You're just really seeing the, the tip of, of the iceberg, though. Right. But you don't yeah, get but the they didn't the scale. show the scale, yes. which they can do yeah. quite easily. I do so, like the cutaway where we see how he got it, where yes. he was smacking around a frost giant. Sure, but the, it, just, it just sort of undercut the scene. because If you to drop show a up, mountain worth of ice into the Arctic water, going to displace some displace I believe some that's going to cause a problem. I believe that is the problem actively that we're facing. Also, mountains aren't ice. They're they are in Jotunheim. Rock. Well, okay. Aha! There was also another one I can't think of at the moment off the top of my head. I'm trying to find it. But I I like this issue a lot. I just – it stood out to me that there was two instances in the issue where I was surprised that there was a storytelling problem. But other than that, we get to see more of Thor's new possible girlfriend, Roz. Roz Solomon. Roz Solomon, the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. who is in charge of environmental matters or the newest agent in in that department anyway. Roz uh, was, uh, was Jack Kirby's wife's name. Well, there you go. And you know how you can you can sort of get recruited by you know the CIA or various uh, alphabet soup agencies by learning Arabic. You can get a job at Shield by learning Whale. 
Hmm. She did it like Dory from Finding Nemo. Exactly. So, and I, I think she, I like that a lot. I like Coulson sort of like ribbing her for, you know, maybe dating Thor. Where's your boyfriend? You know, he had that voice down really strong. Yeah. Right? It was like, we haven't really had a, had a date yet. And I like, and I like that she's bad at issuing threats. She's not subtle at all when she's talking to the rocks on guy. I think she's a really interesting character. Oh, the other thing was when we see the rocks and CEO all pissed off about losing to Thor and his face goes all weird in one panel. And that I wasn't really doing think, Well, there. I think we're going to see more of that. I assume he's an alien of some kind, but I thought it just was, no. it wasn't handled in such a way that you got an idea of what. I think there's a clue. They say what his nickname was. I feel like Paul knows something. I do. Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. Deal with what's in the issue, Paul, not what you That's know fair. is coming. That's fair. And then we also get old King Thor. So he returns in the future and he goes oh. back to Earth uh, where it is, it is many millennia and Earth has been long since destroyed by humans. And he's been slowly trying to regrow things on Earth. And then Galactus shows up. This is going to be a great storyline. I love this issue. This was one of the ones in contention for Pick of the Week. It's a, it's, you know, it's a really inspired idea. Give Galactus to, to Isad Rubik and... I don't know who I'm more afraid of, Galactus or Old King Thor. Both are very formidable. And I like the way that Isad Rubik teases the idea of Galactus. Some, you know, artists, you say, you show Galactus in all his glory, and they show him in all his glory. Here, we actually see him in the distance, and there's a lot of, you know, sand and atmospheric stuff in the way. And we just sort of, it's not exactly a silhouette, but, you know, we're, we're, we just see the form. We don't see all the, you know, the purple and the blue, and I don't know how vibrantly he's going to show that later on. But it's a really cool tease as to... The coming of Galactus. Yep. So the last days of Midgard is the new uh, storyline. And do you, have you noticed Marvel's new way of tricking you to think it's a new number one issue? And they put the tiny no- issue number at the bottom right hand corner and the giant number one for the new storyline at the top of the of the issue. The last days of There's Midgard. There's nothing to one. take away from my reading experience. I no, not at all. It's just, it's I just so find it's it just... interesting that they're basically doing the renumbering with every new storyline thing without actually doing it. I like how we are not going to give in to whatever their dot numbering is. Whatever comes after the number... <laughs> It's your problem. I'm not on that. <laughs> Let's talk about X-Men books. So Cy Spurrier ended his run on X-Men Legacy with uh, issue number 24, and he started a new run on X-Force number one, which combines Cable and the X-Force and Uncanny X-Force. It's now just X-Force with Cable in the lead. I wanted to focus on X-Men Legacy, which is, I haven't talked about it a lot, but it's sort of, it's quietly was a, just a really smart, fascinating character study for Legion, who I didn't know a whole lot about until I started reading this. And now it's 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 kind of it's it's kind of bittersweet because spoilers the end of this issue he sort of unwrites himself from history and he only sort of exists in the mind of uh, his girlfriend throughout much of the series blindfold who's sort of a precog mutant and no one else seems to remember legion and he, that was sort of his sacrifice he's a real he's sort of this all powerful mutant he was the son of Charles Xavier David Haller, and he uh, he just became all-powerful. He could take on all these different powers from these alternate personalities in his head that he became the jailer of at the beginning of the series. And he was all sort of looked down upon and shunned by the other mutants because he just caused trouble in the past and, you know, rewrote realities and messed up the world a whole bunch. I like the message at the end of this where he sort of sacrifices himself and says, you know, even though... I won't exist. The story still matters and stories matter. And it was kind of a, a backdoor way of saying, if you're the only person reading and enjoying this and you know, no one else maybe supported this story or they said, oh, that's, that's, that's trash, you know, that's whatever. As long as it matters to you, it's a story that matters and it'll live on forever. 
and uh, really touching piece at the at the end of the book. And and I really got to give him props for for going out on top and doing something cool with a character that people probably didn't expect him to do much with. So that was a, it was a cool ending for for that story. And then X Force is a little bit all over the place, but I like I like his take on the characters. He writes Phantom X a little. A little more Pepe Le Pew than I've seen him written before. I mean, I know the character's French, but he's really French in this book. I don't have a great take on Cable, but this is sort of about X-Force becoming a, a global superpower, representing the mutants as a nation. And that's kind of an interesting take. I like Marrow in here. She's sort of a—it's a character that I've never read before, to be honest. But she's a very, you know, plucky character. And I liked her a lot. She's sort of like just let me at him, let me at him, kind of scrappy kind of character. It's an interesting start. I don't know if I'll if I'll latch onto it in the same way as I did with his take on on uh, Legion, but and I can't believe I'm saying that, but <laughs> that was a it was a really interesting take on a character, and I hope people go back and check out that book, X Men Legacy, and and see it for what it is, which is it's just a really smart, uh, insightful look at a character. Maybe more of that will come in in X Force. And that's not all of the X Xing that we wanted to explain. <laughs> I wanted to really. I hadn't mentioned uh, Marvel Knights X Men. It's written and drawn by Bromervell. You may remember him from a series called Gorillas a while back. Started at Image. It started at Image. It finished and ended at Oni, I believe. But oh, it ended okay. up being two graphic novels volumes. I don't mm-hmm. think I ever finished it. Uh, I was excited to see his name on something like this because uh, I, I I really like his art style and I really like his storytelling in the other story. But I didn't know what he'd do with these characters and it's sort of a one-off X Men story of. Like they all go off to find they 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 see a vision of a of mutant getting captured by somebody and they like a bunch of X Men head off down to somewhere in the vague South maybe Florida Louisiana something like that and they find like a, a town full of biker meth maker meth dealer people and it's not meth it's mutant drug things mutant growth hormone nah they're like <laughs> drugs that are derived by captured mutants and there's these two mutants that they find they want to bring to the school and and not everything is as it seems and it's uh it's sort of story takes place in a bubble and uh what's the what's the x-men team little character study uh let's see is wolverine rogue kitty pride that might be the three i don't know if there's enough if there's anyone else and they're all dealing with it one of the one of the mutants makes them deal with sort of their demons that then get made into physical form i'd say it's it's a it's a fun little story and i I really yeah, his his art his art is is still pretty great, uh, and cool. he's he's definitely got range and he's got chops. So uh, if, if you know, if you ever heard of that? It's definitely worth checking out. These Marvel Knights books are actually pretty pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Between Winter Soldier, The Bitter March Number One, and Doctor Mindbubble over in Captain America, <laughs> Rick Remender is basically saying, "I'm going to live in the '60s for a little while." Yeah, he's doing an Ian Fleming you? Kind of thing. Well, yeah, obviously, but this is uh, from the very first from the cover. Even you sort of get the vibe of what this book is. It's yeah. Shield in the '60s, and it says Winter Soldier, but he is at this point in time a still a Russian agent who is the bad guy of this story, at least right now. Which means the hero of the story is Rand Shen, actual actual Nick Fury, real yeah. grizzled, great templed Nick Fury, which is great. I haven't seen him in a while, so we get to see him running. And I, he's not obviously a director of Shield at this point; he's still an agent, right? Yeah. Yes. He's called Shield's number one agent, so. He goes off with East Shields number two agent to stop Hydra from doing something which I cannot recall. Oh, they had captured two Nazi scientists. So there's lots, lots of intrigue here. There's the conflict of Nick Fury having to rescue Nazis from Hydra, which he's not happy about. And then, you know, Winter Soldier shows up and causes problems because that, he's Winter Soldier. That Hydra agent in the beginning is on a, a Uniski with a rocket on it. <laughs> <laughs> Although that uh, Nazi also, castle. Yeah. yeah. 
Also, that covers by Andrew Robinson of he, the Fifth Beetle. Yeah, you, you guys talked oh, about yeah, him last yeah. week, right? He did that Batman story in Batman Black and White. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, this was great. I mean, this is it was, if, it was great. If you like high flying '60s Marvel action with Nick Fury and fighting an evil Bucky Barnes, then here you go. Shaken and uh, stirred. Roland Bashi doing a sort of cool again, so Steranko esque. Yeah, the little little animated kind of style. It's the the colors are flat. Yeah, good stuff. That really worm thing. It's, oh. it's fun. Is like, you know, capital. Is this yep. a mini series or is this an ongoing series? This is a mini series. Yeah. A bitter March. So there you go. Those are the books that came out this week. A lot of great books. I thought really, really strong week. There was more books we could have talked about. But uh, we must keep the ball rolling because the last couple of months or so, we've been requesting your romance questions in honor of it being Valentine's Day weekend. I'm sure all of you had a fine Valentine's Day. And so we thought we would answer some of your questions about romance related to comics in some way. And many of you sent them in. We thank you all for, you know, it's, it's not easy to write in about romance problems. So we appreciate everyone who wrote in and t- took the time to do that, trusted us with that. Now we should, you know, disclaimer, we're not experts in this field. Well, I mean, you know. Well, I've, I been have, married, I've been married for a long time. Josh has been married for a long time. I, I you know, I've done things. <laughs> maybe maybe some kind of things that i've never even heard of right so you know we all bring different things to the table here and we're just saying please take this uh, with the spirit it's offered which is you know, help, I, uh, from, help from some friends who may not be experts in the field so i offered some some guidance on the the opening season of masters of sex so there you go so uh we will not take any responsibility for anything that we say here so the first one, Andrew from Parts Unknown re- writes and says, assume your significant other likes comics. We won't consider the issue where you have to convince them of the medium and its merits. What series, OGN, run, etc., do you break up with them if they don't like? To put it simply, you feel this series is so good or so enjoyable that anyone who doesn't like it, who likes comics, has something wrong with them. Well, last week we, we nearly kicked James off for saying that he didn't absolutely love Preacher. Would we right. have kicked him out of the bed, though? James has many other <laughs> qualities that we like. Josh, would you dump your wife if she said she hated Preacher? Yeah. No. Has she said <laughs> it? No. I mean, I, the, the fact is you're going to like different things. Right. And it's good that you like different things and you shouldn't. What uh, if, what if, but what if she was really belligerent about it? Like, what if she was very. She would shut up about it. Like, she would I, just there's, throw there's out your copies of, of Preacher like and it, you'd get new copies and she'd keep throwing them out. That's that's extreme and tossing that, that them in the thresher. That, I assume you have because you live in the woods. That that means that that person is unreasonable. Yeah. On the other it's hand, larger like, problem. There's all sorts of stuff. Like I don't understand. There's a nerd mentality that you have to be with somebody who likes all the same stuff and kinds of stuff that you do. Like that's the be all end all. Like oh, finally I have a buddy who will go to see all these things with me, and I don't know that that's good. Uh, I don't know that that's so important. At least uh, in a relationship, uh, it's good to have friends who have you, enjoyed You should them. have some things in common, but you do not have to have all things in common. My wife watches some shitty TV shows that I don't like, but I don't care that she likes them. There are things that uh, she – like I, <laughs> I, I like Primus. I liked them a lot more when I was younger. Uh, if that comes on shuffle while we're driving the car, she will throw my iPhone out the window. She just hates it. And she listens to music that I absolutely cannot stand. But – you know, but Josh, like a lot what are her feelings on preacher? She loves preacher. No, I. She, she, she literally, she, 
it's the best comic I've uh, I've ever given her to read. She's it's, it's one of her favorites of all time. And I, I'm That's dating cool. a girl who does love comics, reads them every week, hates Watchmen, hated League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and now I'm terrified to give her The Dark Knight Returns. But I don't care. You know, big deal. I was you like su- other things. I was surprised, little disappointed, saddened, maybe. I want to for a few I, minutes, and then I moved on. I want to call about Watchmen. I'm not going to lie. Like, can we talk about this? Because you're wrong. <laughs> well, that's what I, the conversation I had. And she recognizes its merits. just doesn't like really dark stories. I would say that I that's appreciate it. open-mindedness in another yes. person. And to that's at least important. try something. I um, have a friend. And his girlfriend, soon to be fiance, no spoilers, it, like hates The Wire. And she, mm. like, she thinks it's bad. She said, no, it's stupid. And I'm like, you need to go. <laughs> he said, you need to not buy that thing you were thinking about buying. This is a non-comic book person, so we're totally cool on this. Uh, it doesn't listen. She needs to go. Because well, that's, that's why I'm terrified of The Dark Knight Returns. Because that could be the Fisher. That's, that could be the breaking point. That's a pretty, it's a pretty testicular group of pages. You got you to go. Yeah. Us? So. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll find out. I kind of keep wanting to hand it to her, but I also kind of don't want to have a conversation when she hates it. Let me ask you this. Will she sit through JFK? She's, she has shown interest in it. In What's fact, we, we, I have JFK Blu-ray, and I offered her the choice of watching. Oh, no shit. I think JFK. I bought you that. I, I, I offered her the choice of watching JFK or 13 Days, and she chose 13 Days. But she also wants to watch JFK. They're both excellent films. JFK what? sounds drier. I'm just saying it's from longer. a, a title the perspective. It's the longest movie on Earth. Yeah. Uh, let's do Brian C. from Cleveland, Ohio and says, I'm writing to ask for advice for all the young guys and girls out there who are having a hard time finding love. As comic fans, many of us spent our formative years on the edges of the social landscape and can be pretty lonely and disheartening. I'm a high school teacher now, so I see teens every day who love this hobby but struggle the way many of us did with finding companionship. What advice would you give to all the fanboys and fangirls out there who are having a hard time finding someone to connect with? I almost think... And it doesn't mean I'm unsympathetic, but I almost think if, if you can't find someone who shares some interest with you, you're not trying. You're not looking. And I mean, and you know, but I'm, I'm looking at the, the broader spectrum of saying, you know, find, you know, you can talk to people on Twitter well, or Tumblr or something. Well, it, finding someone in real life. He's not really asking about finding someone, another comic fan, just finding someone. Right? Well, there's definitely more outlets to find people now than, than there ever were. Yeah, well, when, were. When Josh Certainly and I were in high school. If you didn't know somebody like literally in your class who liked the same things as you, then you were kind of SOL. Right. At least where I was. I, Connor, you did a little different sort of But still, sort of I mean, it wasn't that situation. much different. It wasn't like you could, right. you, know, you had Twitter friends or Facebook yeah. friends. Yeah. You would have um, people in your class. The way that it works is you, you go to, you got like, you got to, you, you have to put yourself out there. Or you're, no one's going to find you. You can't sit at home and think, I'd love to meet somebody, but it's never going to happen if you don't take the risk and go and out. You, you met day. your wife at a party, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, I'd known her in college. Right, but I mean like you hung out. I, I had to go. I did have to go to a party on and Halloween. I hate parties. I do hate parties and I hate Halloween. But you went out there and ended up meeting your wife. I also met that other girl that night who liked G.I. Joe. So <laughs> who knows where that could have gone. But, but I think you're, I mean, Ken Connor still remembers that. Um, so there's, I mean, there's two things that play. I think one, you have to get out there. I think that's absolutely correct. The other thing is, I think you have to be really okay with who you are, because if you're not confident in yourself, then you won't. You know, the number one thing that both men and women say that they are attracted to is confidence, and I realize that can be an issue. But you have to be okay with who you are. If you're not okay with who you are, you're not going to be okay in a relationship anyway. It's going to go badly. That's what I. On the other hand, don't be so confident that you're annoying. Right. Well, there's a fine line. 
Not arrogant. That's the thing that nerds do. They'll overdo it. They start calling everybody sir, and it's weird. <laughs> what do you and, What do you think about faking it until you make it? Well, that's what you have to. It's what I'm doing now. It's every what I'm relationship. Doing now. Yeah, it's every life. I believe <laughs> the job. It's life. Yeah. yeah. So I would say, Brian, for everyone out there who Brian is asking on behalf of, just you have to go out there. You have to try. You have to meet people. Part there's 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 so many comic book related social events now, at least around big cities. But you can uh, you can lay a lot of groundwork uh, on social networking. I know that that's you know that's that's sort of an easy answer. But if you have it, use it. Like if you have a local comic shop or there are local Facebook groups or anything like that that are interested in the kind of stuff that you're interested in, it's a great way to meet people. It doesn't necessarily have to be comics. I mean, no, no, no. But you have you ha- you have to put yourself out there and and you meet people and you try a bunch of things. Sometimes um, it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And I, for for the high school kids in Brian's class, you're you're screwed. It's high school. What? Yeah. What? What do you? High school sucks. What do you think about trying to be someone different? <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing you are. Don't be that thing. Yeah. Don't be that thing. Put a mask. Pretend to be someone else. You're Pers- fine. And, and then and, do and, that for the rest of your life if it works out. Make it someone that you could never possibly be, and right. probably wouldn't like in real life. Be that person. This is, yeah, this is bad advice. I'm sorry. That is satirical advice. Satirical advice, yeah. Just want to put that out there. Hey, let's try a voicemail. All right. Hey, iFanboys. This is Oscar from San Antonio, Texas. Um, I just uh, had a breakup two years ago, and we still stayed friends um, probably about, like, for a year and a half. But um, uh, it was a a girlfriend that I broke up with, and... um, the thing that kind of made me sore about the whole situation uh, of our breakup or, you know, the breakup of our friendship finally, because I do no longer speak to her is that she bought comic books uh, for another guy in front of me during a Christmas season. And uh, it was just one of those things that kind of pissed me off and kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. And I just wanted to know, do you think this is more insulting than her not wanting to read comic books during the time that we dated? Um, I'd just like to hear your opinion on this because, you know, it was pretty good, you know, type of comic book that she was looking for. It was, you know, uh, you know, an independent comic, but, um, nonetheless, you know, the guy probably has good taste, but still it just rubbed me the wrong way. Anyway, I'd like to hear your thoughts about it. Thanks. So just as clarification, Oscar sent in some more information and clarified it a bit. Basically when he dated this girl, he tried to get her interested in comics. She ignored it. She had showed no interest in it. And then they went shopping Christmas presents. And for her boyfriend, she went to the comic store and bought comics with him. And he took that as an insult, which I, I think is I think it's a little messed up myself. Which part's messed up? The fact that she went shopping to this place that she knew Oscar liked. But when they dated, she showed no interest in and was doing it for the new guy. Here's the problem. Now, uh, I've, I've listened to a lot of Dan Savage in the years. Um, you broke up with her. Right. Well, that's the other. Yeah. It's none of your business. It's none of her, his business, absolutely. But also, I think that she could have gone shopping at the comic store another day. Maybe. But at the same time, like if you're going to be friends and do the thing afterwards, if her, cha- her she's changed. I mean, that's why you broke up, theoretically, because either the, well, you changed in the process of being together. And that's one of the effects of it. And you can't really... That's that's the case, and you know? also it sounds like just trying to just think from her perspective. Oscar said he broke up with her, right? And so right. Yep. wouldn't that's she? Key. I mean, is is it possible that she feels like because of that there wouldn't be any kind of residual feelings that would lead to him feeling 
Or jealous it could be about she that, did that on purpose. We don't have enough information. No, but. it's a messy situation. It's always messy when you stay close friends with an ex. I mean, I'm friendly with a lot of my exes, but I I don't like hang out with any of them. I'm not gone shopping with any of them. But yeah, I mean, but I I don't I I don't think you have a basis to be angry. It sounds like it, like you broke up a while ago. Things have changed, but you know, people change. The things people like change. You can't. You're gonna tell her she, she can't like comics now. That's silly. You wanted her to like comics. So, and you're still friends with her, so you know she has the right to like those things, and and you shouldn't. That you don't really have much ground to stand on in terms of being upset with her for they it. They said that they, you know, tried to maintain a friendly relationship, and it sounds like maybe she's using his expertise, you know, and saying, you know, if we're friends, maybe you'll help me pick out a good gift for this this guy that I like. And if you're not cool with her dating another dude, what she's doing, then you probably shouldn't be hanging out with her because you're not you're not in the right headspace for that. Yeah, I don't know. If, I can't tell if it's the dude thing or is the comic thing. Mm. You know, it's probably a combination of the two. Right. I, I can mean, see how he would be hurt. It's it was, like if it two, like it's, it's like it's like if two chicks Wait. read comics together. Like that's kind of cool, and everyone's okay with it. But if like she goes and reads comics with another guy, then maybe that is this wrong? <laughs> I feel like this is I'm wrong. Confused. I can see why he'd be hurt by it, but you're. I mean, you're right. It's it's not his business anymore. But I can also see why he would be hurt because it was a special thing he tried to get her into, and she didn't get yeah. into it. And now she is, but. It would make him. I can feel like it would make him feel lesser because this guy got it to work and he didn't. I think just my my feeling from from the tone of the message is that there are maybe some some residual excess feelings and yeah, they need to sort of sit down and figure out what the relationship is right now. And if it honestly bothers you and you want to continue being friends, then you should figure out what you know why it bothers you and maybe express that to her and see if that that's that's a reasonable thing that maybe we won't talk about that. Yeah, I don't know though because I don't think she did anything wrong. No, I don't think she did anything wrong either. So therefore, like, unless she did it, I don't. Know. I I, I, I don't did, think so either. But benefit I, of the doubt. But we don't put, know if, the whole situation. So, but you I put her in a situation now where she has to feel bad about what she did, even though she didn't really. Then that that's not really fair. It's I'm fair. saying, don't start, ain't be none. <laughs> so crates. I'm married and would really like some. <laughs> this is a, this is a fun cosplay one. action with my wife. I have no problem asking, and I think she would go along with it. However, I've been thinking of a possible consequences. For example, what if she thinks I then read comics because I fantasize about female characters, which I never really have, but I've always wanted, quote, to do, unquote, it with a girl wearing Storm's original giant-size X-Men outfit and other outfits like the Purple Catwoman outfit and Invincible's Adam Eve pink outfit. What if this becomes a thing and 20 years down the line she no longer fits into that purple Catwoman outfit and my blue Bucky spandex pants highlight more roles than dinner plate? Can one go back to normal sex after cosplay freakiness? Oh, this is a great question. Yeah. Would either of you gentlemen like to like to take a fork and go for this? All I'm going to say is you can definitely go back. That's the yeah. extent of my answer on this one. I believe that it is, uh, it is good. And it is healthy. It's definitely. Ex- this is great. For these things. But your worry is that you won't be able to go back. And I think that that means that you don't want to lose track of what the thing is that is, uh, is working for you. And don't make it about the costume. I mean, the costume yes. is like a fun element of it. But it's not, I mean, it's not the thing. And I, I do question, it's, though, he says he doesn't fantasize about the characters. But he, he does seem to have a laundry list of very specific characters he then, that like to sleep with. Yeah. He then does fantasize about the character. He doesn't fantasize about I don't about fantasize about things. them, but these are the ones that I would fantasize but it's about. Not, and I'm not saying that's and wrong. I do. I'm just saying <laughs> oh, I yeah, yeah. in his Just embrace here. it. Yeah. You know, they're fun. It's not, it's not, people fantasize, fantasize about people on TV shows and movies. 
All right. Well, here's the thing. If your wife is down and she is okay to do these things for you, that also keep in mind, now you owe her. Mm-hmm. Now you have to in, in help her indulge the thing that she likes. Right. And be, be cool about it. Yeah. And be cool about it. Be open also, about it. You yep. have to be, you know, Legolas or something. I, th- I feel like he'd like that. I feel like he'd be okay with it. Maybe not the wig. But um, I think it's good. I think it's healthy for everyone to explore what they're into in a safe way, as long as it's, you know, he's talking, weird... he's talking about cosplay and he's also talking about, you know, role play here. The word play is in it. So, you know, that seems harmless to me. But don't be, but don't, don't make the, that the focus of the whole thing. It's not just about don't that. So that make you get the mistake with that. that Josh did where he got really fixated on getting the voice right. <laughs> yeah, I and then he it. had to go into the other room and <laughs> practicing the voice into his hand and yeah that was when he was doing Bane stuff a lot of Bane yeah. cosplay Bane play <laughs> Bane play is, is I don't tricky. know what you want just hold the vest with your thumbs yes <laughs> never get to the point where you're each holding a script in one hand right well, then that's you want all hands free yeah. yeah and also it, this this may go without saying um it's fun, and it's uh, it's. I feel like we're getting right out of our purview, but it's it's probably going to be funny, and it will be fun to laugh and and just remember that it's all in good fun. It doesn't have to be taken very seriously, and right. it will be. It will. There's no way it's not silly, but that's cool. That's good. I would it also say silly. don't get hung up on continuity. Right. You know, what? <laughs> be open on, to new interpretations. Here's what I think you should do. I think you should take her down to Dragon Con. And and just point around and go. Let's go do anything? I do anything for you? How about that? Well, here's my, here's my other question. In the second second part here, he says his blue Bucky spandex pants. Does that mean he has a corresponding outfit for each of these? Does he have an invincible costume? Is he going to be think that's the, Batman? I think that's, the, that's the continuity thing, Paul. Is he going to be Cyclops or Wolverine here? I mean, it's interesting. I think you should em- embrace the amalgam uh, comics concept. And mix and match a little bit, just as we do if, with our fleshy bits. If she's not into it, I bet you can find something online to take the edge <laughs> off. <laughs> just a guess. Uh, just remember, laugh. those comics double as a menu. Wow. In a different way. All right. <laughs> Alex from California. I was recently promoted at my job and have employees for the first time. Building my team was an incredible experience and had so far been working out pretty well. There's one employee who is a few years older than me, but a truly fantastic person. We hang out a lot after work, go drinking together frequently, and have built a very interesting relationship both at and outside of the office. My question to you is, if I already have the first four absolute Sandmans, do I really need the fifth? It just feels like back material. Also, I think I'm in love with my employee. Tough. Yeah, I I don't have the absolute Sandman, so that's an issue right away. He's an illegal problem more than anything. Uh-huh. If you're the boss, that really is I mean most uh-huh. companies don't even allow, you know, you can't There's it depends um, on your company. I'm looking yeah. over my cubicle at Carol and she's just <laughs> shaking her head vigorously. Right. She's saying no. I mean it's most companies have a, you know, you can't date subordinates cuz you get to a sexual harassment scenario. And so I just have problem. to say Carol looks lovely today. Carol Carol and I have our issues. I know I'm already uh, I've got many warnings in my file. Which is fine. His his file is a looks like it looks like the Bible. It's a big, thick yellow. There's a placeholder ribbon um, because she reads through those transcripts this, over and called, over again. Don't you, Carol? Uh-huh. Ab- absolute HR file. 
it's hard. I've been, I mean, I've, I've been in workplace romances a few times and never in that situation where I was either a subordinate or a uh, boss, always at the same level. So I never had to deal with, but you're in a very sticky situation there. I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't give any kind of legal because I don't know what the legal well, check first. There's no, it's not legal per se, right? You got to check with your, your, if there's an HR department. Well, if it comes to sexual harassment, thing, it becomes a legal issue. Yeah. No, I know that, but you're not there yet. You can check and see. Sure. Is that a, is this a, is this not allowed at my job at all? And then in which case you have decisions to make. You could always fire that person and then start dating them. <laughs> There's your legal problem right there. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's fine. A loophole. I'm sure they would be okay with that. If they're not working for you anymore, what's the problem? Right. Yeah. And obviously it's their fault that they're being so distracting. So why are you, get them out why are you so sexy? Can you transfer them to a different department? It depends on what kind of job. I mean, you work. Yeah. At, I mean, are, like, are you at the KFC? And then it's not such a big deal, probably. Are you at the Defense Department? Yeah, that then a little bit more so. There's a there's some army issues going on. I also so, like the 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 David Brent model of administration, where you're uh, partially boss, but also partially entertainer. And also, well, okay, I'm okay. a half friend. It's, okay, it's partially boss, partially entertainer, fifty percent <sighs> buddy. Here's a que- here's there's questions. I think the questions that we need to to really be able to go in. Now he specifically says, or she, I Alex is sort of right. non-denominational. Um, says I'm I'm in love. Mm. Now that's a big deal. Right. That's a big deal. So that love love indicates that you'd be willing to fire that person. Well, it was uh, make some sort of sacrifice or change things around well, or, or you- make if you're afraid, if you're afraid to bring romance into the workplace, why don't you put w- the workplace into your romance and give evaluations <laughs> at the end? <laughs> There's a level of consistency. Um, it, it's tough because there would be if, different if, categories. If it, if you started a relationship and it went badly, and you're their boss, it's going to get very complicated. Yeah. Okay, but but then the other question is: uh, There's no word in here about reciprocation. That's true too. Is there so before you start blow, throwing bombs and everything? Maybe find out more. Right. Uh, have you talked about it? Has there been any kind of flirtation? You should Has say come in kind of, to perhaps come into this to my office for a meeting to discuss important balls. business matters. No, you I should. Wouldn't. What you should do is you should hire a, a Kilpatrick <laughs> so that they can make sure. <laughs> yeah, have someone, have someone. Have someone. From HR, observe your um, liaisons at the bar. Now we're making lots of dumb jokes here, but this is this is a tough situation. No, I have I have Alex. actually I've been in sort of that position where I've been I had a, an administrator kind of job. In love with you? No, I've been like sort oh. of the in in the office and it's you know. hard because the as, you know as the old joke goes, you're with these people more than you're with your family, and and uh, so that's not often good for a relationship. Just yeah, but it's also it's tough because oftentimes that leads to these kind of situations where you start to develop feelings for people because they're you're around them all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes it's real, sometimes it's not real. So you know, it can be fun. It, it can be super fun to date them. Sure, it's a beta coworker, but it can also go really badly. I'm just saying, uh, tread lightly, cover your ass, and make sure. Make sure, yes. I would. T- I would definitely investigate what your Always company's pro- what your company's policies are about these kind of things, and then also if this person actually feels the same way. If not, also, if they do, then fire them and date them. That's my my advice. You know, honestly, I would feel kind of if I'd bought four of the absolute Sandmans and the fifth one was just there, it would drive me insane. And I'm not even anal about that kind of thing. Right. You need to get the fifth, I think. 
it's like that fourth Queen and Country book. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. I agree. You get by without it, but it's nice to have it there. So we wanted to thank everyone who you know went out on a limb and wrote us these emails. Uh, we'll try to write back to all the people who didn't get on the show. And Some of them who, had terms that I didn't understand. Um, so thank you, everyone, who, for doing that. And this was lots of fun for us. Um, hopefully it was fun for you. In the meantime, you can send us emails of the non-relationship variety until we bring this back again to contact at ifanboy.com or call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697, and tell us your name and where you're from, and keep it to around 30 seconds. Keep those coming in for the show. Plug things, Paul. Plug things. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, another, another page in my file. Oh, gosh. Um... So still over on uh, I'm Comic Book Resources, I'm doing uh, every Sunday the Sunday Conversation around noontime Eastern, talking to different creators about things in and around the the subject of comics. I think I just stole around comics' tagline. I did un- unintentionally. But but yeah, but uh, we're talking about some things like, let's see, I, I, I just spoke to Alesh Kot, uh, who's got his new uh, Zero trade paperback coming out the first arc of that that story. And we talked about um, out-of-body experiences. It's it's a very transcendental conversation, and uh, I was a little afraid part of the time. Also, over on the Fuzzy Typewriter podcast, just go over to fuzzytypewriter.com. Every week, we're talking about new episodes of Justified and True Detective. Loving the hell out of True Detective this season. <laughs> wow. It's the only season. But no, it's 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 fantastic. We're having a lot of fun. Um, man, a man can love two next. women at the same time, right? I don't think man I don't know can, that a man. The openings to those podcasts are likely the most important work I've ever done. Wow. So if you listen to just two minutes of podcasts, listen to the opening two minutes of those podcasts. Well, there you go. That's what uh, I'm up to. And head over to ifanboy.com. You can find all of our old shows, including our most recent special edition shows, which we've done on animated movies and interviews with creators. Uh, you find all that at ifanboy.com. You can also comment on this show. You know, Tell us uh, what you thought of this show. Tell us what you thought of the books of the week. Tell us. Hey, if you got relationship questions, you can put them in the comments so we can talk about them there. We're very flexible. In the meantime, twitter.com slash ifanboy, facebook.com slash ifanboy is where you can find uh, all the show announcements plus the announcement of the pick week before the show comes out. So you can, if you are so inclined, read it before the show happens. And you can also follow us individually, C.S. Kilpatrick, J.A. Flanagan, and Fuzzy Typewriter on Twitter. Yes. I lost my thing. Hold on. Email, voicemail. It's the same there thing you say every week. I know. I know. <laughs> you can email or voicemail us. Can you voicemail? Is that a verb? It's a verb. Does that yeah. work? Contact at ifanboy.com or 88fanboys, which is 326-2697 with questions, comments, discussions. Like we said, uh, you know, you can, you can send in more relationship questions, but we'll do this again. We'll, we'll, we'll gather them all again. So let's go. Let's get some more comic book stuff in. Some yeah. good, some good comic book business. Meat and potatoes, the, comic book stuff. Yeah. From the you know, I, heartland. We need some new ones. Let's talk about why, how comics work. We'll talk about the business, but the other stuff. Let's let's hear. Let's, let's hash it out. We learn by doing that too. I don't want to talk about the business. <laughs> you know, you don't have to. You could just Paul could just go abstain. Mute. <laughs> if uh, if this kind of thing turns you on, write us a review in iTunes. Better yet, tell your friends about us. Introduce your significant other to podcasts. Spread that iFanboy around, and even if they don't like it, that doesn't mean actually that's probably a good sign if this doesn't work for them and they're a keeper. You're the one with the problem. That's true. So, I think we did some good today. We uh, saved some relationships, made some people happier. I think right? we, we stopped some bad relationships from happening. We, yeah. we used our mistakes to help you not make your own mistakes. So, there you go. Hope everyone can note the joking tenor of those last few sentences. I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I'm Josh Flanagan, happily married man.
As for how wife. long until she throws Preacher at? Well, that's not going to happen. She's got taste. Because it's not love.